Welcome to the Executive Coach for Moms podcast, where we support women who are attempting to find balance and joy while simultaneously leading people at work and at home. I'm your host, Leanna Lasky-McGrath, former tech exec turned full-time mom, recovering perfectionist and workaholic, and certified executive coach. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I can't believe it's December already, but I hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving if that's a holiday that you celebrate. We only have one more month of 2023 and then it's in our past. That's crazy. So you may remember that two weeks ago, Jess and I spoke following her unexpected departure from her first executive role where she found herself in a culture that didn't match her values and working for a boss who didn't recognize or value her contributions. If you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend going back and giving it a listen. It was really such a beautiful and open conversation about her experience, and it'll give you more context. So we recorded our second conversation a week after we recorded our first one, And we'd planned to have it be kind of like a coaching conversation around what's next for Jess. But what we discovered once we got to talking is that there was still a lot to unpack around this experience. Jess is a super high achiever and she likes certainty, linear paths. She's always pushing forward, always progressing, moving to the next rung on the proverbial ladder. And so this event really rocked her world along with her worldview. And I really love how this conversation ended up because I can imagine that anyone who's used to achievement and success who is suddenly let go from their job is feeling a lot of the things that Jess describes. And we really dive into them today. I really appreciate Jess's candor her openness and her honesty about this experience and about all of the thoughts and emotions that are coming up for her as she's processing the experience. Because I really believe that she's putting words to what so many people have been experiencing recently with so many companies downsizing and people being let go from their jobs. If you're a high achiever who's been let go from your job, or if you have a friend or colleague who has, I really think you're going to relate to this conversation. Also, before we jump in, I just want to mention that I'm planning to host a group program in January for high-achieving, ambitious women to kind of kick off the year on a good foot. If you listen to this podcast, I invite you to come join a community of like-minded, like-valued women to start the year off strong together. We'll meet weekly and have an online space for connection so we can all support each other and our goals as we head into the new year. I'll share more details and information in the show notes when it's ready, so please stay tuned. And I really, really hope that you'll join us. And now, onto the show. Enjoy! Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I am back this week with Jess Kitt, who you heard from last week. She talked about her experience, work, dealing with some difficult situations in her executive role, and it ultimately resulted in 
her departure from the company. And so today we're going to be kind of reflecting on the last two weeks. So we're two weeks or so out from when that happened and when she received that news and kind of looking at what's next for Jess. And we'll do a little bit of conversation, a little bit of coaching. I know there are a lot of folks out there who are between jobs right now um, with you know all of the layoffs happening. And so I'm hopeful that this conversation is helpful for all of you. So, hey, Jess, welcome back. Thanks. It's great to be back. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump in. I would love to hear about what it's been like. What's been your process the last two weeks? I'm sure you're in a different place today than you were when we talked last week and then when you were the week before, whenever you received that news. So just kind of walk us through that. I think as someone who's list-driven, high-achieving person who definitely was in a moment in my career where I was thinking about work more than I even consciously Mm. was making decisions around, the last two weeks have definitely been a moment where the brakes got slammed. And I think when anytime that happens, you take a deep breath and then you start to unpack, oh my goodness, I actually am very thankful for this moment because I don't think I knew how much work was taking up different types of energy that I didn't even realize. So it felt like for about the first week, I was going through almost this, okay, I'm used to working a fair amount of time and a pretty intense amount of time and also feeling like my energy output was at between an eight and a 10 at all moments of the day. And so the first week I created this giant list of things to do around the house and how could I, (laughs) you know, make things as best as they could be at home and everything on my to-do list that I had been putting off or allocating different time to, I just totally powered through. And then over the course of the past week, I think have started to take a breath and experience some, some sadness and some disappointment and what the experience ended that was different than what I thought it would be. My to-do list has run out. And so Mm. it's at a different stage than it was. And in a good way, that's caused me to pause and process a little bit more around how I feel about it versus the first week was task, task, task. And it was thinking about what other people thought the experience was. What did my previous team members think about me? What did, you know, the people that more my peers think about my exit, right? All these outward perceptions. And then the past week, I've really been thinking about Mm. how do I feel about it? What are the different things that I'm experiencing? And that's been really the past past week or so. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like there was a bit of just kind of like, I'm used to this level of output, so I'm just going to keep that up. And also maybe a little bit of kind of buffering of putting off, like having to deal with the feelings of it. I think that it's completely normal to do that in these situations. So where you went like hyper go through the to-do list and keep myself so busy, I don't have to do anything. Someone else might be binging Netflix or eating all day or right. Or like different things. We, we, these are kind of coping mechanisms that we have as humans to, kind of put off that or like not have to feel those like really uncomfortable, not great feeling feelings. Right. 
Absolutely. And it was, it is really still uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to name. I've been working more on telling people, which has helped me. It's helped me both feel a little less shame around how I feel about it or what I'm concerned other people will think. And it was most challenging telling my parents, which I did not think at the time it would be. But as people, you know, I was Mm. raised in a, a household where I was always searching for the next thing and how could I do something better? And whether it was a trophy or a grade or an academic program I was trying to get into and my parents were really supportive and are very supportive. So I almost felt like telling them about this experience was somehow going to disappoint them, which it's funny as a later thirties adult, I did not think would be something that I would still be fearful of. And Hmm. I was, and it was it was a really great conversation about career with my parents that actually we hadn't gotten a chance to talk about because when they were at this point in their careers, I was very young, right? So they wouldn't have talked to me about challenges they had with their management team or decisions that they made and changes in their careers. So it was actually, a, I think, oftentimes when you're feeling the most fear and when you express the most vulnerability, a lot of times you're able to explore different parts of people's experience that... I would never have gotten a chance to talk to them about. Hmm. That's so interesting and makes so much sense. And I love what you said there, you know, when you're open and vulnerable, that's what breeds connection, right? That's what Brene Brown talks about all the time. And I think that idea of not wanting to disappoint our parents showing up always, like it's so ingrained in us. I remember when I was working to start this podcast, it took like two and a half years for me to actually launch it. And I was working with a coach and we uncovered, I'm the oldest child. And I've always felt like I needed to like set the example for my younger siblings and carry the family name. I I put all this on my shoulders. I'm sure some of it came from external, but a lot of it I'm sure then like I internalized. And so I was so annoyed to find that that was one of the things that was really stopping me from putting my voice out there in the world because it was like, what if I say something that embarrasses my family? Or like, you know, what if I disappoint my parents by saying something like contrary to their beliefs or that kind of thing? And so it's interesting how that shows up. I think it's ageless, like stays with us probably forever, just maybe at a different degree. Absolutely. And I think it's something when I was talking to my parents about this, because I had mentioned to them, I said, I was so nervous to tell you all and my parents are still together and are celebrating their 40th wedding anniversary this year. So they really act together as a unit. So I was so nervous mm-hmm. to tell them both. And it was so funny that they, in a way, were, they didn't say this, but I got this sense from them that, what are we doing that's causing you to feel nervous about telling us? So it was also this moment where oh gosh, I mean, we never want you to feel like you're disappointing us or nervous Mm -hmm. to tell us something. And I think a lot of the things that I've been sorting through and I'm still sorting through right now are the fear of what other people will think about this, my part of the story. And I have this fear around what other people will think about whatever I choose for my next experience. So something that I struggle with a lot is fear of the unknown, fear of not having a plan of how to address that unknown, mm-hmm. fear of I'll disappoint myself or I'll disappoint others. So I've been processing a lot around what's the worst case scenario that could happen here, right? What's mm. what's the best thing that could happen and not just being in a place of fear, but that's definitely something I'm in a moment of now that I'm through, you know, last week was a lot of, I think, sadness and, and disappointment in myself and 
maybe grieving a little bit how things, this chapter that ended. And now I think I'm moving through Mm -hmm. a little bit of a fear of, am I going to make the wrong choice? Is this going to happen again? What does that look like? How do I Mm. do everything I can to avoid a possible next experience, which I also have another part of my brain that's saying, well, you can't control everything. So I'm experiencing a lot of cognitive dissonance around, I rationally know I can't control all these things. I rationally know that I can only control how I show up and the work that I do. And at the same time, I am still fearful that I will make the wrong choice and am working through maybe some distrust of myself that I'm maybe I don't have the right instincts. Maybe I somehow caused a lot of this to happen, which is what I'm processing through now. Yeah. I was, I'm curious about that. Like what is causing that mistrust? What is the belief there? I think what's causing the mistrust right now in myself Mm -hmm. is still in moments of, I didn't totally see this coming. And I think of myself and one of something that's really important to me about myself is having a strong sense of self and self-awareness and a strong sense of my relationships with other people and whether those are positive or maybe relationships that are in a more challenging place. So I think part of what is causing this is the surprise of not seeing that this chapter would be closed in the way that it was. Mm. And how did I not see that coming? How did I not create a plan around that to address that and to create a safety net for myself and for you know my family and my family unit as you can tell and maybe people listening to this really I don't like surprises I do, I'm not a let's have a surprise birthday party it causes me distress <laughs> to actually even plan surprises for other people hmm. so I think this is a signal hey maybe you don't have the gut reaction and your compass is a little bit off and that's almost more concerning to me than how the experience ended because I've feel like my center of gravity has been thrown a little bit in ways that make me uncomfortable. Mm. So your compass is off and you didn't see this coming. What is your expectation of yourself? Like what should you have done? Oh, Lana, that's such a good question. I don't know in some ways what I could have done differently. I think that maybe that's part of what I'm struggling with, which is there must have been something that I could have done differently or done more of or less of so that this wouldn't have happened Mm. probably because it's been so uncomfortable and in moments so painful for me professionally and personally. So I think I'm in this moment of in the the hamster wheel of there must be something, someone who had more experience in this role could have found a different path through this. Someone who was better at this, someone who was more self-aware or was picking up signals. Maybe this would have happened a lot differently Mm. and, or maybe it would have still resulted in the same end game. But the experience of it, I would have been more aware of and and maybe could have emotionally prepared myself more for that. So I don't, that's probably not a very good answer, but that's, <laughs> that's probably my answer right now. Well, it's, it's interesting because it sounds like you're being really hard on yourself and believing that there is something you could have done. And that if only you were better at something, if only you were a different person, if only you had more skills, if only all these things, something about you, right? If only you were more of something or less of something, then it wouldn't have gone down this way. And it's very interesting because it seems like your brain is still like searching for, there has to be something, don't know what it is. And instead of not being able to find it, your brain isn't like, 
hmm, maybe there wasn't anything. <laughs> Your brain's like, there's something. And the fact that I can't figure it out means something about me. I think that is the, the spot that I'm in right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's accurate. Mm. Are you at all open to the possibility that there is nothing you could have done differently? I am open to it. Uh, my husband and I have been processing this together because he's been a huge mm. support and champion and been so great throughout this entire experience. It's interesting. He has a very similar perspective that articulates it differently than you do. and. I hear it and it's challenging for me to accept. And maybe this connects back to my fear, which is if I couldn't have done anything differently, is this going to happen again in the future? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to accept that. I think I probably should, because again, I can't control the actions of anyone other than myself, business or person or anything like that. But Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to accept because I'm fearful that this could happen again. And it happens. I think all of those things are connected together for me. Wow. So right now it sounds like the two options are either that you could have done something differently and you can't figure out how, and you are somehow, you know, not good enough, not whatever enough because you can't figure it out, but there is something. So there's hope or your other option is there's nothing else I could have done. And therefore it means that this is going to happen in every future experience. I think that's probably true. And I'm laughing because I I understand cognitively that there's lots of in-betweens, but it feels like for me, my brain is like, but this is, those are the two realities that you have to live in. And I think I'm trying to tell my inner self, like, this doesn't mean it will happen every time. And I I have just been Mm -hmm. back and forth, back and forth. And maybe anyone can, I don't know if you can relate to this or anyone can, but I'll have moments where I feel really strong and saying this was not about me. There's probably not a lot I could have done differently. And then I'll have a moment of of fear and anxiousness and say, there must have been something that you could have done differently. There must be things mm. that you can put into place so this doesn't happen again. And then there's definitely things that you should have done differently, even though that's not totally a rational place of thought. Mm. Well, I wonder if you could consider the idea that like your brain is trying to protect you right now. Like when your brain says there's something you could have done, but you just don't know it yet. Then it's like, it keeps that hope alive that you will someday figure it out. Right. And I think that your brain's like, I know she needs hope to keep going right now because this is like a really tough time. So like maybe we can protect her with some hope. And on the other hand, it's like, trying to protect you from living this again, right? Like, it's like, this is very painful. I don't want her to have to go through this again. So therefore I'm going to scare the crap out of her <laughs> and make her believe that's exactly right. Yeah. that this is going to happen every time. So like, she just needs to not do this again. Yeah, that seems about right. And I've really been, I think what's hard about this for me is that I've really been trying to let myself feel every part of this experience. And that includes being excited that I got to go to an extra gym class yesterday that I wouldn't have been able to go to. And then there's also this moment of feeling really sad as I talk to people about it and people who are very close to me and have known different parts of this experience. So I feel like, and I'm trying to also do this formula in my mind I'm recognizing, which is if you do this and then you let yourself feel this and then you can, you'll be able to move forward quickly and you won't have to feel this way anymore. 
So I'm trying to do it in a really healthy way, which again, I'm trying to follow the list. (laughs) Here's what I should be doing to get through this and to get through it in a healthy, constructive way that allows myself to heal and think about this experience in the way I choose to versus how others perceive it. But it's been really hard. It's been really challenging. It's a really hard thing. I think part of this has been for me, I was in a really challenging work environment. And at the same time, I was still really excited about things I was learning. I'm so incredibly so proud of the team that I had built and things I was learning from them. And I hope things that I was imparting on them. So there's also this element of things that's that were left undone and things I was really excited mm. about. And I think that's been also hard as I'll talk to friends who say, well, I'm, I'm really happy for you. You know, you, you've kind of felt for a while that maybe things were maybe not in the best place where you were. And I, and I, it's hard for me because I can acknowledge, yes, that's true. And I also feel like, yes, but I was also really happy with the team members I had. And I'm, I was, again, had so much that I still have left to do and wanted to be able to do there or get into a better place or, you know, whatever that might be. Yeah. As you were saying that, I was thinking about something we've talked about before about like two feelings existing simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Right. And like two things can be true at the same time. Like I can feel very disappointed, sad, upset about how this ended. And also I can feel like I didn't really enjoy many parts of my experience. And I can feel very excited about what I was building and what I had left yet to build and the parts about my job and the people who I really enjoyed working with. Like those two, I think it's like an and, right? That they exist simultaneously and then cause all kinds of turmoil and cognitive dissonance in our brains. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Agreed. So when do you think you should be ready to move on? Like, what is your expectation for yourself? So I have two schools of thought and I feel, I don't know if this is, (laughs) I don't know if this is the Gemini in me, but I have one element of my brain that's saying, you probably are going to be processing this for a long time, maybe forever. I don't know. There could be lots of little layers that you're pulling back that also you're still learning about in whatever your next experience might be. And it triggers me in some way to go back and think about this experience or go back and think about something I felt at the time. The other part of my brain so desperately wants this to be done. I don't want to carry any sort of baggage into, or what my brain is, what I feel is baggage into whatever my next experience is. I want desperately to make that the best experience possible to in some ways prove to myself things that I've been questioning again how did this how did this happen how can I do this differently next time how can I be a better leader next time I want to have all the solutions in place by the time I have my next experience because I want to do the best that I can there and be the best leader I can be I know that that's not real I know that that's not how my brain and person and values are all intermingling together, but that's what my brain wants to happen. And I, again, teeter back and forth between the two. And I think in my especially challenging moments, I go to the latter, which is to say, let's process this now. Let's get through this now. Let's do this now. Let's do the work now. So you don't have to worry about worry in air quotes, worry about this in the future. So lots of layers. Mm. 
Like, what if it was kind of the option that it takes some time? What if this isn't something that can be like powered through? I don't know. I'm just throwing something out here. What if you do take it into your next opportunity? What does that option feel like? I think it probably feels uncomfortable. And the reason why it feels uncomfortable is that I still have shame that I'm working through around it, disappointment in myself, and that makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I think in a more positive way, it will hopefully help me be a more compassionate leader and more self-aware. But I think it also feels heavy right now. It feels like a really heavy thing that I'm carrying around. So I would love to get to a place where it wasn't at the forefront of my mind most of the time. I would really love to be in a space where that was the case. So I think I probably need to acknowledge that no matter what, I will always know that this experience happened. I will always feel things about it, whether they'll be negative or positive or both, all of the things together. And I probably still am resisting. Like I don't, I didn't want this to happen. I don't want to have this be how I feel right now. And I think I'm still resisting a lot of how I feel and what's happening. Mm, Yeah. Well, again, there's your brain trying to protect you again. Mm -hmm. So I think like, you know, obviously we are not our brains. Our brain is one component of us in terms of how we experience and process things that happen in the world. You know, our brains like to take the front seat to that. (laughs) Right. And so, yeah, it feels like your brain's doing a really great job of protecting you right now from these very uncomfortable feelings. I think so. I wish it wouldn't. I want to feel like I'm moving forward and I probably need to accept that I'm maybe not as linear as I would like. I would like, I'm a a person who loves forward movement, I love failing forward. I love feeling like there's progress and action and inertia around things, whether it's work or in my personal life. So it's definitely uncomfortable to feel like I'm making progress. And I feel like in my which is not true. Like as I'm saying it out loud, I know that this is, I have coached team members on this, so I don't know why I'm personally struggling with it so much, which is I feel like I'm making progress. Progress in my mind is I shouldn't feel these things anymore. And so then I get frustrated with myself that I'll feel like I'm having a a progress. I feel like I've named things I'm working on and reflecting on. and, Mm -hmm. And then I feel the next day, why did I just feel embarrassed telling that person that? I thought I was through this. Why are you regressing? We've we've talked about that brain. We've talked about that that's okay to feel that thing. And that does not define you. So I think I also feel this, I, I only want to be making forward progress, which in my rational mind is every day working to feel less and less of something. I'm not saying that's a healthy coping strategy, but it's definitely something I'm struggling with not feeling this push and pull with back and forward movement. Yeah. So Jess, I think you have very accurately described just about every high achieving woman's belief system and mindset, which is always be moving forward, always be progressing. And anytime we encounter a perceived setback, we immediately start beating ourselves up and getting down on ourselves and telling ourselves that we aren't doing it right and that we're failing. And I think that when we do that, sometimes ironically, it kind of keeps us in place and keeps us from moving forward, which is the thing that we want to be doing. It kind of blocks us. 
at least it definitely slows us down because we're putting so much energy into resisting our reality of how we're feeling and beating ourselves up for not doing it right or doing it fast enough instead of channeling that energy into getting curious about what's actually holding us back from moving forward. It kind of makes me think about parenting and how we often hold these expectations of our children of constant forward progress and how we have a tendency to kind of freak out about anything that might be considered a regression when often that's just part of the human experience. Sometimes we have to take steps backward before we can move forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we think about it from that lens, I guess what I'm curious about is like, like, does that work for you? If someone, like if your boss or a coach or a parent or whoever says like, Jess, here's the recipe to success. Step one, two, three, four, five. Don't veer from it, follow it, go. How does that work for you? I think the way that you're saying that is how most of my life that I feel like I've operated. You know, I like directions. I like structure. I love to ideate, but I, when I ideate, I want it to know it's going towards X goal or X path or X achievement. So I think that that's definitely how I prefer and what's comfortable for me. Maybe, and that's why this experience has been so uncomfortable because I felt like I was on a path and that path has now just taken a a different direction that I didn't have a plan for. And therefore it feels, again, uh, elements of feeling uncomfortable and scared around what's going to happen next and what do I think of myself? Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking like, if you followed steps one, two, three, four, and like you were supposed to be at five now, but something changed, that must feel really kind of upsetting or frustrating. Like I did everything I was supposed to do here. What the hell? Like I'm off the path now. Yeah. It does feel really frustrating. It feels frustrating. It feels disappointing. I definitely feel moments where I'm angry. You know, I think definitely moments where I think, well, what sort of model then as a woman in an executive role, am I setting out for other people? You know, I thought if I did this one, two, three, I could help lift up the next generation of leaders and show that you can follow X, Y, Z path. And it will result in what you want for your career. And that's definitely not what happened, at least at this moment in the scenario, which has also been uh, frustrating as someone who, again, prides myself on being a high achiever and getting along others with others well and being a positive collaborator. So that's been really challenging. Mm. And it sounds like kind of some of these ideas feel very uncomfortable. The idea that there isn't a linear path. The idea that there's nothing you could have done differently to change the outcome here. And like what keeps coming up for me is kind of this like desire to control the outcomes and this kind of like desire for certainty and guarantee that like, if I follow this path, this is going to be the outcome. If I show up at work this way, this is going to be the outcome And it feels like this event has thrown those beliefs just out the window for you. And that seems to be very 
um, like you said, like feeling like the compass is off or kind of feeling off kilter. I think that makes sense that you're feeling that way if kind of all your life until this point you believe that like, here's the path, follow this linear path, and then here's the outcome. Here's how you deal with a difficult boss, like do this ruminated, like as we talked last week, right? Like figure out how to make sure that that other person views you fair favorably and that you show up in the perfect way that is going to make them have confidence in you. And then mm-hmm. like you believe that that all these things are within your control. This experience sounds like it's kind of maybe there's some realization that your brain probably is not wanting to accept that there may be some um, other options to that truth. I would agree. I think that I think I'm seeing a new reality that I had that I know exists in the world, right? I, I understand that I can't control other people. And at the same time, you don't believe it. I don't believe it. Yeah. I, I really don't, <laughs> which is really hard for me. It's, it's, it's really frustrating. And, and then there's this other element of like feeling disappointed in myself, like, okay, well, you can understand reality that you've also talked to other people about, but it's not true for you. Right. It's not, mm-hmm. if you were better or different then that wouldn't, that wouldn't have been the case for you. So it also, it's like another element of being disappointed as myself as a leader and as a woman being like, wait a second, you know, you've given this advice to other people. Why do you think you're so special that this is unique to you? But I am, and I don't feel like that is right, that right and true mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> and I, 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 my brain is still really So I appreciate you naming that like, Hey, a brain, your brain is one element of this and it's trying to protect you because I am definitely wanting to sort through this so that I can be more holistic in how I view myself because now I'm, you know, I think through this conversation and through other reflections, I'm realizing that if I don't change this mindset, then I'm constantly going to be setting myself up to measure success through someone else's eyes. If I don't figure this out and change this mindset, because that was also really hard for me in this experience. And I disappointed in myself that I still feel this way that I have now for years, let someone else dictate almost fully what I perceive my own success as. And, And usually for me, that's attached to my team members and then also attached to what my boss values and how my boss values me. And what what they then give me, whether it's a promotion or an extra project or whatever that might be. And I feel like that level of giving someone else that control over how I perceive my success has made this experience much more challenging and much more difficult and sad and hard because I'm realizing that because I gave someone else that power and that choice over my self-perception, that's why this probably felt so much more crushing than it needed to be. Versus what I hear you saying, which is how can you let yourself feel things and also have your own perceptions of your own abilities and success? So that's something I need to work on a lot, I think. I think the a couple of things that I am noticing as you're talking are, first of all, that measuring yourself through someone else's eyes is, I don't know if I would say a universal feeling, but pretty universal to women and the way that we're socialized, at least here in the United States, that I mean, if you look at the media, like literally there's constantly a commercial telling you how to do everything, like, or a magazine article telling you how to have a better relationship, how to 
make your skin look younger, how to please your partner, how to show up at work. Everything is like telling women how to do everything. Inherent in that is that we don't know how to do it, that we can't figure it out for ourselves. And we need someone else to tell us that and measure it for us, measure our, our success, right? Like there, we need a quiz to measure our success on how good of a partner we are or how good in bed we are or whatever, right? There's so many reinforcements of that belief throughout our society. And so in our socialization, we learn as women that like other people get to determine our value and our measurement of success rather than than us. And actually a few episodes back in my conversation with Allie, we talked about this a lot about kind of taking ownership of how we measure our own success. So that's one thing I noticed. Another thing I noticed is that there is a lot of double layering here that you're having. So it's like, not only do you feel disappointment in this unfortunate situation that happened, you also are piling a lot of shame on top of that of like, I shouldn't feel this way. I know better. I shouldn't be doing this and kind of additional judgment and shame. And so a lot of times I think that that's kind of the first step to moving forward. And it comes a lot into that acceptance, but kind of removing that layer because that's the most painful one. And that's why a lot of times we're so afraid to feel our emotions because we have always added on that level of resistance and shame on top of it. So we think that like feeling disappointment about something feels exponentially more than what the actual just like disappointment of something is. Because not only are we disappointed, but we're also disappointed in ourselves and we feel shame about it. And we don't want anyone else to know and all this extra stuff that we pile on top. So like the disappointment itself is painful, but manageable, but like we associate it with so much, so way more painful. And our brain thinks it's way more painful because we've kind of attached all that together. And so I just hear you a lot saying like, I wish I didn't feel this way. I shouldn't feel this way. And I know better. And so I'm sure that's adding a whole nother layer and level of shame to this experience for you. I think that's all really true. I think that's all really true. It really lands with me. So as we wrap up, what are you taking away from the conversation today? I think a couple of things. One, I think that I have more work to do on thinking about this linear path that I thought I was on or that I think I should be on and that I need to work through. Why do I think it should be linear? Why do I feel like that's something that, where where does that belief come from? Why am I choosing to think that way? And I think helping myself understand that. So if I want to choose a different way to frame what I think progress should be in air quotes. I want to better understand that about myself. I think second, it's been helpful for me in this conversation to name what are the multiple things I'm feeling at once. And so I I think I want to keep doing that. I think I've been trying to push forward through, okay, you felt a day of disappointment. Let's now go do this next step. Let's go now create, you know, maybe you're angry today and maybe the next day you've accepted and you know, I think that again, this is attached to that path that I want. I want to myself to be on and that this path that I feel like should exist that probably doesn't, that I 
need to both figure out why I'm on it and then also accept a little bit that it's not as linear as I would like it to be. I am picturing like you've created a Trello board or an Asana <laughs> list of like the seven <laughs> stages of grief and you have like dates. But I feel like <laughs> dates associated with each of them. <laughs> That's exactly right, Anna. That's exactly right. Because to your point earlier in the conversation, I know that that's not right for everyone. That's never something that I would tell someone else to do. But I also feel like it should work for me. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that I should be the exception. And I don't know if that's ego. Like I don't know where that comes from. I don't, like maybe that's my brain trying to protect myself. I don't think there's still probably a lot I need to think about and work through there. No, because you've been told all your life, you can do anything. And so we believe that the human experience doesn't apply to us. We are above it in some way. I, I have gone through that too. I still believe that in it about things. And I realize, like, oh yeah, that applies to me too. (laughs) And, but it almost feels like accepting that is like, we're downgrading ourselves in a way from like the superhuman that we believe that we could be and that we believe that we were to like, oh, I'm just a human. Like how disappointing. That's not Mm -hmm. enough. (laughs) But the reality is, is like, we, we are (laughs) by, by nature. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think lots to still, lots to still process and unpack for me. And then you said the third thing. Oh, I think the third thing was you mentioned earlier in the conversation, which I think I need to think more about my expectations on, have I finished processing all this by the time I get into my next opportunity? And one element of my brain wants to totally be done with this and have this chapter be closed before I go mm-hmm. into my next opportunity. Then I don't think I've thought enough about that. That's probably not, it, it's, I shouldn't say probably, it's not realistic. I don't think that that's realistic. And I also don't think that that means that's bad. I think in my mind, it has been so far in my processing. You are going to finish this now, Jess. Your achievement is to do X, Y, Z before your next opportunity. So you don't have this chapter or this weight or this luggage or whatever carrying into your next experience. And I don't, I think through this conversation, I'm recognizing that's, it's probably both not healthy and not realistic. And therefore I need to figure out how to do this more mm. and accepting probably more of the reality that I will probably be processing it for a while, if not a long time. And that's also not bad. Um, I think I probably put a bad label on that and I need to take Mm -hmm. that sticker off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing yourself with us today. I know that there are so many people who are going through this experience or who have gone through this experience who are going to relate to a lot of the feelings and thoughts that you have named that maybe haven't been all the way in brought to consciousness yet for folks, or maybe it has. And they're like, oh yes, I just was thinking about this. And so I hope everybody knows that you're not alone. And I hope you know you're not alone, Jess, that there are lots of people feeling this way. And we would love to hear from anyone who is going through this or who has gone through this, who resonates with Jess's story. So thank you all so much for tuning in. And thank you so much, Jess. I really appreciate you. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Executive Coach for Moms podcast. Please like, subscribe, or follow the show so you'll be notified when the next episode is available. I hope you'll join me again next time. Take care.